What's up, you guys? It's me, making this episode even longer than it needs to be already. Uh, I'm here to kind of briefly explain to you how the format works, because we just completely ignored to explain it to any new listeners to our ranking uh, podcast episodes. Um, So basically, the way it works is that we alternate going between our number eights, then our number sevens, and then while we're at our number eights, we do all of the talking about that movie then, So by the time we get to wherever it might rank amongst our individual rankings, we don't have to talk about the movie twice. So when you look at the timestamps today, if you want to skip around to like see where your favorite movie ranks, uh, basically what you could do then is you could just click on uh, the individual timestamps. And then when you get there, you can be like, okay, they're going to be talking about this movie. Obviously, we don't want to spoil where the movies line up in our list. So the uh, stamps aren't necessarily labeled but you do have a general idea on when we're going to be talking about an individual movie. Um, I hope that makes sense. If it doesn't, uh, reach out, and and we'll try to do a better job explaining when we get to episode number 70. Um, But for now, I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks. Hi, guys. Welcome back to After Credits, episode number 60. I'm here, as always, with my lovely and magical co-host, Carly Bauer. Carly, how you doing? (laughs) I'm feeling quite, quite magical and witchy today <laughs> wow <laughs> that's so crazy this is probably the easiest adjective i've had to come up with um if you haven't read by the title by now today we're going to stop and rank all eight of the harry potter movies not including the fantastic beast uh nope. be- mainly because uh <laughs> i even if i wanted to rank them i wouldn't have had enough i would not have had enough time to watch them this week i barely watched these um <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, I don't know how much you want to, let's do, I guess you probably have a lot more memories than I do, because I just watched these for the first time uh, about a year ago now. Yeah, so. that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I love Harry Potter. I uh, have a lot of sadness to the fact that I can't, like, as wholesomely love Harry Potter anymore with J.K. Rowling being such a turf, but, um... <laughs> It's, it'd be that way. I don't know. I um, grew up watching all these with my cousins. I had um, a lot of the Lego sets. I s- just got another one, um, <laughs> as we talked about for the Lego movie. But yeah, I don't know. I, I really like Harry Potter, and I have a couple Mons, and mm. I've gone to Comic-Con before as Harry Potter character. So, I don't know. How many, which, which ones did you go as? I went as Ginny. Okay. Oh. Because I have red hair. That was easy to do. <laughs> oh my God. See, this is what I was so nervous about. I gotta. Re- I can't remember who fucking Ginny is. <laughs> it's Ron's sister. I thought. Is the, no. There's only one. What? That's her name? Ginny. Ginny? Yeah. Dude, this is like two or two minutes in and I'm already oh fucking this up. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't even know what I thought her name was. I just always referred to I her as Ron's sister. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, well, for me, clearly, I did not grow up with this uh... whatsoever. I think my mom tried <laughs> to introduce me to the books when I was in elementary school, but, like, I I don't know, something about, like, the, the thick of them would just, like, really turn me off. The thick of it? Yeah. Please, please stop, okay? <laughs> uh, anyways, uh... So after that, I just didn't touch it and just had no interest in touching it. Um, 
And then when it was finally all free and available to me on the school's website, I watched all of them very quickly and enjoyed them all. And uh, now we're about a year and a half later, maybe close to two years now, and um, we're watching them again. And uh, and basically, my entire list is like flipped upside down from what I had it at the first time I watched it. And I think that's a good thing to keep in mind while we give our opinions on this because I don't personally, I don't know about you, I don't think there's technically a bad one. It's just like, which one do you prefer to watch kind of a thing. Right. I think that's also makes it really hard because like I know for me that my least favorites are some of like the fan base's favorites and some of the ones that people are like, these ones were done the best, these ones are closest to the books. Yeah. Um, And... I, as much as I can appreciate that, and I love that, like, my personal favorites, and I don't, and also I don't know, like, for me personally, it's hard to separate the contents of, like, the plot versus, like, if I think the movie is better, you know, um, like, I feel like for Star Wars, when we did that, like, this is similar in that aspect, but it's easier to go, like, and be like some of the new Star Wars movies are objectively better movies in comparison to like the prequels, you know? Sure. Whereas this is kind of like one vision of a whole thing and they're not that different from each other. Yeah. You know? Right. Like stylistically they're all similar and so some of the biggest differentiators and they're all the same actors, like there's not a big mm-hmm. you know, um, shift. It's all one consecutive story. And so for me, it's hard for me to be like, Well, this movie is my favorite like plot point, this is my favorite like point in the story because of what's happening and so it's hard for me to separate that and be like but is this objectively a better movie than this you know this one i don't know mm-hmm. um especially because of the time between like the first two and the last two like and the style the way that it shifts through because of like what's going on in the plot and stuff it's really hard to compare like sorcerer stone and duffy hollows part two um yeah for sure because of like stylistically and like just the like the, the actors ages yeah. and stuff yeah. yeah and so it shifts a lot and i think part of that too is not only like the story shifting but because these were each movie was adapted from a, a book you know or like two movies adapted from a book mm-hmm. um that were written separately you know like sorcerer right. stone was written but then like they got all the way through deathly hollows and it's like what started off as like kind of a kid's book has like an allegory for Nazis and like you know um eventually becomes a lot more um darker as like the character and the audience grows up with the books and so this is a hard one to rank without taking the plot and the story into it and I am having personally having a hard time separating it mm-hmm. from it being like cinematically good yeah, yeah, yeah. um and I think and so I don't really know what to base my ranking on I have like my own personal ranking that I've had for many years of the movies um and just literally which ones i prefer to watch most often yeah um because i don't go in order every time i don't do that All i right. don't make yeah. it a marathon every time i just throw <laughs> one in um sure but i don't know but like if you were to, if you were to tell me like if you could pick four to watch or you could pick one to watch like my answers are all gonna be different so mm-hmm. for me my ranking is like objectively moves around a lot depending on like the context <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 like i so. think i even going back to the Star Wars discussion is that uh, when we did that ranking and now I've seen uh, maybe since that ranking I think I've seen A New Hope and Return of the Jedi and both of those have just like drastically like shifted all over the place Um, 
and it's just I don't know like that I don't was one of our first rankings. It, yeah, I think it was our first, but yeah. um so it's just it it really is a mood thing. Like <laughs> because yeah, of how no, for sure. because of how fast I watched all of these, I was so tired like the entire time. And I feel like I might have missed some details that could have sh- easily shifted it. And yeah. because they're all, like, so similar in, n- in, not necessarily in a bad way, but, like, in a way that's, like, they're all so similar because they're all really good. Yeah. Um, if not great. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, just, yeah, well, yeah. it's one of the most popular franchises of all time. Like, it's yeah. not. Right. It's 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 great. <laughs> yeah. no, you know you can't you can't say these are bad movies. They're mm-hmm. way too popular. But like, but it's just so it's just crazy because of like that even though it's so popular, like even like the most popular franchises, there's so many stinkers within them. Like I love Jurassic Park, but like every other movie after that first one, I really could not care less about. Uh, <laughs> right, but when you're talking about franchises like that. Like, the reason Jurassic Park maybe doesn't fall into the same category as, like, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and Star Wars do, other than the fact that it's not, like, a um, huge, like, fake world, you know, created around it that's, like, supernatural in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it It's not, like, intended to be one consecutive thing like that, you know? Okay, um, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Where, like, the sequel to Jurassic Park wasn't really thought up until after Jurassic Park was well, made, making... Uh, no, I think... Well, they're all based on books. Uh, at least the first two oh. are. So, I don't... Okay, well, all that's... <laughs> when I t- think about Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. I love Jurassic Park. I love, um, like, Jurassic World is good. But then I think about my experience with Fallen Kingdom, mm. and I just get it's, mad. Yeah, it's so <laughs> bad. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, uh, and I guess you could kind of argue for Star Wars. It's a little different in that sense because I was more think I was more just trying to get at the idea that, yeah, although all of these were made to make money, you know, the reason they keep doing Jurassic Park sequels like Fallen Kingdom and mm-hmm. Jurassic World is for to like reboot the franchise and make money off. Yeah, of it. Like, one thousand percent. Harry Potter has. Right, and that's part of the reason. You can see the arc in Harry okay, Potter okay. from like beginning Maybe, to end, and then okay, Fantastic there, Beasts, you know? It wasn't the best example. <laughs> but, like, even, like, Star Wars. Like, I, I love Star Wars, but, like, there are so, like, I hate Attack of the Clones so much. And <laughs> right, but what, I, what I'm trying to say is not that that's a bad thing. Yeah. I'm, like, not that, like, Jurassic Park isn't a bad example, and that, like, what I'm trying to say is that the reason that there are more stinkers than those is because they are... I, I feel like there's less of an intentional like character story like movie plot arc does that make sense like the story in itself is finished after harry potter 8 like there's at no point within the series where you're like this could end now and i wouldn't have questions oh, until okay okay you know? i got you all right whereas like within jurassic park it it isn't as intentional that way right. and so it's easier to it create meaningful stories yeah right okay i got you i got you um, so do you want to go ahead and then share your number eight? Sure. Um, again, prefacing that I love all of them. <laughs> this is just where it falls. Um, and this is a really unpopular opinion, but, um, my number eight is Chamber of Secrets. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, we're absolutely such a terrible start. Okay. I know. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, Every, I, those first two are everyone's favorites, and just for me, I don't know why I just don't like them as much. And I think, 
Oh, did you see that TikTok I sent you today? Yeah, I did. I watched it. That's why I don't like this <laughs> the, the child acting or what? Raw, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'll link. I'll put that in the description. But. It's so funny. That I and that TikTok has come up like on my feed several times with people duetting it now. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so good. But I don't know. Like I, I think that there's there's like some distinct pieces throughout like the overall like story of Harry Potter, right? Like the the first two. And, like, sort of into the third one, Harry is just starting to figure out, like, magic and is still living with the Dursleys and it's still, yeah. you know, trying to figure out his place and all this. And he's still, like, very new to everything. Um, like, halfway through three and then through um, six, like, half of six, maybe, it's, um, like, him experiencing just being in the wizarding world, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of, like, the the vibes you get from those movies are the vibes you get when you're walking around Universal Studios. Does that make sense? Like, that's, like, the kind of the foundation of Harry Potter's Wizarding World is in those movies. And then the last two are just, are really dark and depressing. Same thing with Six, because it's when it gets, like, really dark. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, for me, my favorite period is, like, I don't, well, I don't want to give too much away yet. But this is not it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. As much as I like this, I like it better when he knows what he's doing. And oh, as much as, like, okay. this is important, it's it seem, it's a very, um, like, intro for me. And also, I don't know, it's it's more geared towards kids. And I think um, when I first saw these movies, I was, like, a little late into it. Like, my cousins had all gotten into it, and they showed me these movies when I was probably about, like, 9 or 10, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they had all come out. Like, it wasn't, oh, I didn't see any of these sure, in theaters. Sure. Um, I read the books, but I didn't see these in theaters. Um, And so when I, and I started reading the books late, and so I was more at a point in my life where, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like those kind of fit, you know, where I was growing up, I was kind of in that middle period. I wasn't as much as like a kid. So for me watching these the first times and even watching them now, like one and two are, are not like nostalgic for me at all. And it's just kind of like me getting through them to get to the ones that are nostalgic. So I think that's why I line up that way. Mm-hmm. I know that's unpopular and not um, maybe even correct, but sure. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I'll get this out of the way that I really, have like very similar problems to these movies throughout very consistent problems throughout it and i think this one really i really have like the least amount of problems with it Mm -hmm. um it's good the plot's good yeah and even though like this is my the problem i have with this movie though like all of the movies is that like they usually focus in on the stuff that i personally don't really care about and i'd rather be focusing in in on another plot line that's present throughout the movie, but it's just, like, for whatever reason, kind of on the back burner or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, Can I... Can you give an example of that? Okay. I'm uh, just curious. Uh, <laughs> I gotta think of one. Uh, okay, so, uh, Goblet of Fire for me. Mm-hmm. I think that the, uh, oh my god, the whole dating and romance and the ball subplot that takes, like, a good half hour or more of yeah. the movie up, I, like, I cannot stand that, that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's fair. Um, but, I mean, I'll get in more into that in a, in yeah, a yeah, little yeah. bit. But, uh, but this one, I feel like this is just the most straightforward of the stories where it doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of subplots to rely on. It's just the mystery 
of Tom Riddle and finding the Chamber of Secrets and finding out like what um, what's going on why all these people are freezing and and whatnot right. and I think um, that even though the movies maybe on a technical scale the darker tones are really more intriguing and more adult themed I feel like this one being year two captures more of that like childlike innocence in it and mm. because of that I find it to be um, more rewatchable rather than something like right. thrown in the middle of the series where it's just like okay where are we at now and right which is part of the reason why I like the first Iron Man so much is because it's just like I don't have to like put myself like okay so we're this is before Thanos but like after like the the attack on New York or something like right. that okay okay I'm there now like this one I could just pop on and just be like in it and not have to know a whole lot because um while I do like the first one a bit um if you go into the second one without seeing it it's not like you're going to be completely lost whereas if you were going to like Deathly Hallows part two or even yeah. part well, one okay that's well you know what I mean like it, it has <laughs> yeah. that to its advantage yeah where it's like you can just watch it and not have to really I don't want to say think as hard but like uh just have be engaged in the story like immediately rather than um like need all this background information and I think um going back to the idea of the like focusing in on stuff there are usually certain scenes that do in retrospect feel out of place um in Mm -hmm. the movies and um this one I could really only point to two um being the quidditch and the spider scene um and the fact that the two scenes that I feel like could be taken out of the movie are that fun. I feel like I could let it slide a lot easier um, than yeah. other movies, like the ball, all the ball stuff in Goblet of Fire. And I think, I feel like I'm going to be saying this a lot, but yeah, I me think too. <laughs> for, for you specifically, for like this specific thing being an issue, like the, the overarching movies, I think reading the books would clear up a lot of that because it's yeah, like right. I feel like for something like this, feeling that way is probably majorly caused by the fact that there's so much in the books that they can't include in the movies. Yeah, so they're exactly. To find a way to include like these plot points that are like mm-hmm. important for later movies, yeah. but like, don't really make as much sense where right, they are. Right, right, right. And so it it makes sense that like. Like, for, like, the Lavender Brown storyline, you know, it's important to be, like, to show Hermione getting jealous and to show Harry liking Ginny and to show, like, Lavender's, like, unrequited love thing with Ron because, like, that all comes back later and there's, then there's an actual reason for Hermione and, or Hermione and Ron and Harry and Ginny to get together in the end, you know? Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. you didn't have that set up, it wouldn't make sense when they just threw it in there, um, yeah, and for Lavender, it's weird to me because, like, in the books, like, I I, can't, I feel like they don't even touch on this at all. I can't, I don't really know off the top of my head. I can't, it's hard to differentiate, but, like, Lavender Brown dies in the Battle of Hogwarts. And so, okay, part of, and they don't, like, even show that <laughs> in the movie. I was going to say, so, like, I don't, I just watched and I don't remember that happening at all. <laughs> yeah, I, well, because I, I think there's, there might be a deleted scene of it, but, like, that happens in the books, and so it's, like, this pivotal thing in the sense that it shows, like, and same thing with, like, 
Colin Creeley, which is the little boy with the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he dies in the Battle of Hogwarts, and so it's like the, the this loss of innocence through this war thing, you know, and like these people that um, are included throughout the series that seem like unimportant and like shows like all the lo- like the loss of the battle, right? But they don't address any of that. They kind of they address like some of the more key characters, but they still include them because I feel like they didn't quite know what they were going to do and include in some of the later movies. Sure. And so I feel like that might be why you're feeling that way. And I feel like that's just going to be my response every time you bring it up. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, there's just, there is significance to those parts. It's just very hard to include that. Right, right. And all I, already very long anyway. Yeah, and I think, like, part of another pretty consistent problem I was having throughout the franchise is that um, I some things just naturally adapt better to a film yeah. than, a, than, yeah. a, than its original um, format in the books. But, Overall, though, everything is adapted significantly well. I, but, like, I think we'll talk about this in a little bit, but I think that the Horcruxes might be, like, my least favorite adaptation part of the book. And uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit because of where my place in the certain films are. But okay. I think, like, there's, like, like you were saying, like, they adapted pretty much everything reasonably well but there had to have mm-hmm. been a few stinkers and I oh, think yeah. you, and I, you know what I mean so I um so you talking about your least favorite part of the movie my least favorite part of the or the franchise is um like the there's some things like you're saying with the horcruxes and I don't know if this is what you're getting at but mm-hmm. um because of the length that this franchise takes place over just in filming yeah and with not but not all the books being published you know whatever there's a level of inconsistency when you go to sit down and watch them all um mm-hmm. for things like particularly um certain characters looking weird and different and then also like spells looking different it's odd um and I, I don't know. There's some things like that that when I'm sitting down watching it, it bothers me. Like, um, and we can talk about that in a little bit. But that's, if you were to ask me my biggest it, like issue with it, it's the, and with the Horcruxes and stuff, like there's an inconsistency in not only how things are portrayed, but like how things are emphasized in importance to the plot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with a franchise like this, it's hard not to look at it as like one continuous thing. And like, I know that there were different directors. I know that they're, you know, things are portrayed differently it wasn't thought of yeah when they're going through each movie they're not thinking sure. about it they're, they're only thinking about like the last movie and the next movie they're not thinking about like okay if someone's gonna sit down and watch all of these because that's not how these movies are marketed right and it's just i just looked it up now for curiosity's sake and deathly hollows came out the same year as order of the phoenix so they were like well into it the franchise at the point that the, the franchise in the books like even ended um, yeah. So, I mean, you're going to get that. <laughs> and I think they handled okay. it pretty well, I'd say. But yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. About. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't know that I would have been able to have done better. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As, if, if I hadn't to point out an issue with it, that's, that would be where I would go. Okay. Um, do, you so. have, do you have any other thoughts on Chamber of Secrets, even though we kind of... No, I really, I think this one is one of the ones with a better, like you were saying, like a better, like, plot within itself compared to... Yeah, right, like, like I could watch this one without having to be in the mindset of, let's watch a Harry Potter movie, 
And I right. think that really yeah. helps it in a weird backward sense. Yeah. For me. It's odd. And I really like, um, I don't know, this one and the next one kind of flip-flop back and forth sure. for me. Okay. Um, just because I don't really know. And I, I, I go back and forth a lot, which we can talk about mm-hmm. in a minute. Okay. That's all I have to say about my number eight. Bryce, what about you? <laughs> uh, so my number eight is uh, Half Blood Prince. Okay. <laughs> is that is that a hot take for you? I, was, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I it's not a it's a hot take for me. I don't know if it's a hot take in general. Okay. Um, so this okay. one like really surprised me on this viewing because this is like one of my absolute favorites last time around. Um, so and, what's your issue with it this time? Okay, so the reason I remember liking it so much is because I only remember the last half hour of the movie, um, where like everything after like the in- the first introduction of the Horcruxes, and the whole like Dumbledore and Harry going to that island yeah. or whatever, and drinking the potion all the way up to, we're gonna be talking about spoilers if you haven't figured that out, <laughs> but Dumbledore's death. <laughs> And, like, the whole conversation after that happens and the funeral and everything like that. Like, that's all I remembered about the movie. And... <laughs> I mean, that's, like, a good portion of the content of this movie. Right. But there's still, like, two hours before that of just, like, the kids running around the halls being horny for each other. And right, I and didn't, I think like... This is, <laughs> it's a good... <laughs> you have an issue. It's This is, like, what I'm talking about when I say that there's, like, three definitive stages of Harry's time in the Wizarding World through these movies. Like, that, that last part that you remember very much goes with the final two movies. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, it's, it, it's basically, like... Um, the last time that we're going to see anyone being, like, kids at Hogwarts again. And it really is the last time anyone gets to be kids at Hogwarts again, ever, until after the battle, because um, anyone who attends the last year, you know, mm-hmm. um, is get has Hogwarts run by Death Eaters. And so it's, like, um, there's, like, this specific contrast between, you know, Harry's formative years in the Wizarding World and, and what we've seen for the last couple movies up to that point, and then, like, a stark difference when, um, like, basically Dumbledore introduces him to this, like, dark side of, of what he's going to be facing for the next two years, and that's, like, really marked by Dumbledore's death. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's really cool and really interesting. Yeah, and like, I, like, I love that part, like, so yeah, much. Yeah, I mean... The inclusion of, like, Draco throughout, I think, like, really alludes to that darkness coming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I, I, for, I think for me, I really like this one because it includes the two aspects that I like right. of Harry Potter. It has, like, this dark aspect that really, like, it's not as depressing as Deathly Hollows are. Because um, if you're going to sit and watch Harry Potter movies watching Deathly Hollows 1 or 2 by themselves, just those two... Um, especially if you just watch the first one and don't watch the second one, um, is really depressing, really sad. Um, and just, they're just stark and sad and there's like, because of the amount of hate with the Horcruxes and stuff, it can get, um, a, like a lot to handle. Um, and this one includes like, <sighs> excuse me, <laughs> this one includes enough of the like preamble of Hogwarts and what the wizarding world and hogwarts are about for specifically like the fan base and then the it gets really really into like the climax of the plot it's like right there you know at the end um of this one and so for me i like this one because i think it's 
it's like the transitional one, you know? And sure. I think that's kind of cool. I, for me, I feel like, I think Order of the Phoenix is the transitioning point for me. And I think, like, the way that movie ends, I think, is, like, just a very clear definitive of, like, like, yeah, shit's going down, like, for real, yeah. like, this time. And, um, yeah. and I think from, like, the start of this movie on is where it gets, like, insanely dark. But, like, yeah. my problem is, is that although I do enjoy these characters, I really could not care less about their romantic interest. And so, like, all of those plot lines, even though, like, they're very important for the characters, I just, like... I, I like other character development moments for them, personally. Okay. <laughs> well, then if that if that's your issue, then that's just automatically gonna make exactly so four, like, five, and six bad for you. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Right, 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 right. So because that's I mean, but you have to take into account too, like that the reason that they're all about those times in their life is because the age that they're at. You know. Yeah. Like right, and like and she's I, writing for that age. In a sense. And I. I get the reasoning, but, like, watching them now, it's just, like, I... I'm just saying you have to appreciate yeah, them for that. I'm yeah. not saying that you need to like it. Yeah. I'm just saying... No, I, I, like, I get it. I get it, but it's just not my thing. Any, like, you know, I think I... if I, I feel like I really probably would have benefited from this franchise if I had grown up with it a little bit more. Um, but it's just... I didn't, and I'm not going to pretend that I did... So it's just like these things yeah, that could no, have yeah. affected me just won't, and I don't, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel about the first two. <laughs> uh, do you have? Is this like significantly higher for you, or do you have like? Yes. Okay, so like, why? What like? What am I missing about it? Like, is it just the relationship stuff? Everything that you... I just said. Okay. <laughs> and you just that whole just thing appre- I just went on. <laughs> yeah. So you just appreciate, like, the relationship drama about it a little bit more than I do? Yeah, and I also, for me, this is a very, like, transitional into the darker aspect in the actual, like, climax of the plot. And I think that, um, like, Dumbledore's death and and, um, all of the darker, like, even just visually darker, um... Yeah. Things that have to happen in this movie. And and I really like um I like the scene where Katie's up in the air with the necklace. I like the scene where Draco's in the bathroom and they're fighting he's fighting with Harry. And I like the um the really book the potions book of Half Blood Prince. I think that um that is very like reminiscent of Lord of the Rings for me and the way that yeah. Harry gets like possessive about it. Sure. And I think that's really cool. Um I also really like the, um, like, this one has more of an inclusion of potions as something that they're using throughout, um, just because of um, Slughorn, and I like his character, and I like, um, we get to see into more of Voldemort in this movie than we do in any of the ones before it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, this one's very, like, I I get what you're saying, like, um, five being transitional in the sense that it's... Yeah, it's very much, like, happy, and then it's, like, oh, shit, like, bad things are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and even 4, too, has, like, each of them have, like, a bit of it, but this one is the first one that it's just, like, it's, like, well, here, you know. Yeah. It's, like, huh, like. <laughs> just... um, so, I don't know. I, I like I like the tone of this one because it's a little bit more dark. It's the most dark up until its point, and 
I like, uh, as much as I love um, 7 and 8, they're, they can be, like, sometimes too dark for me. And so okay. um, 6 is a good one where if you still want to get, like, the Wizarding World vibes, but also, like, get the drama of the plot. Yeah. I like 6 for that reason. Mm-hmm. Nice. Also, I like Draco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, all right. Do you want to jump into your number 7, then? Yeah. Yeah, my number seven is Sorcerer's Stone. Oh my god, okay. Wow. Okay, we're just like um, polar opposites here. I, we really are. Okay. Um, I, I thought, again, I, I love it. I love this one. I love okay. the other one. The reason I was saying that one and two go back and forth for me is because, again, it's just like tonally. Because I think, I think we're looking at these differently. I think I'm looking at them as, like, whenever I watch these, I don't sit down and just watch one. You know, and so when I look at the ranking them, I'm thinking about, okay, what point in my, like, binge of them as a series, because that's, like, the only way I can watch them, interpret them, do I, so, okay, so, do I enjoy the most? I don't want to, like, spoil the ranking, so, but, but is it, like, like, if your Goblet of Fire is your favorite one, would it go, would your ranking, like, number two be five, then number three be six in that mindset, or? Um... Not intentionally. <laughs> okay. um, that wasn't my, my like my goal wasn't to like clump them, but kind of. Okay. How it ended up. Okay. So okay, okay. I mean, because it's not like this, you know, it's not like a linear graph. It's like it's kind of like a roller coaster more in terms of like what I, which ones are my favorites. Um, I think also for me, part of that has to do with um the characters that are present sure. in some of them. Okay. Um. Just because, like I said, like I really enjoy Draco's character arc, and I really like his role in Six, and I like Snape's role in Six, and um, mm-hmm. I care a lot less about Ron <laughs> than I do anyone else. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really like this one. I put it. I in this instance, I put it above eight because it's the first one. Yeah, and so I feel like it deserves a little bit more in that it sets up the rest. Right. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah. And this one is one of the only ones that focuses on, like, Harry's, like, real introduction into the Wizarding World. Like, they kind of, like, they allude to him learning stuff less and less as the movies go on, but this one really has, like, it's it's got a lot more, like, explanatory <laughs> mm-hmm. um, stuff in it, especially when it comes to, like, getting introduced to Hogwarts and, like, Diagon Alley and stuff. And I do like that um, mm-hmm. aspect of these first two, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I like that less or more. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, like, uh, I have this say a very similar problem. Uh, this is a different similar problem. But uh, there are at least three in the, maybe four in this entire ranking that, like, are all over the place for me. Because I have, my issue with it is that, like, I really like the setup. And then, like, so, like the third act just either loses me or I just like I'm like I can't tell if I like it but all I do know is it's not as good as the setup kind of stuff and in this and then this one I get that adaptation like the adaptation had to happen so like it's not like you can completely remove the sorcerer's stone element but like the fact that it's not even mentioned until like an hour and a half into the movie I just find really ridiculous (laughs) And I would have been completely fine 
maybe not completely fine, but if this was split into two parts, I would have not have mind a full movie just dedicated to setting up the world of Hogwarts yeah. and the like everything like that. Um, I agree. I, I, I wish there was more of that in really all the movies. Like that's a key piece of the books that I feel like is missing a lot. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of stuff within the Wizarding World that we don't get to know about if you just watch the movies. Right. Right. And dedicating more time to that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I don't know. I just, even though like I get that it had to happen, I just don't know if I really like the execution of it either. Mainly, and it, and this is like a good, a very good instance of like I don't know how well I feel like this it works better as a book than it does a movie, and yeah. the, the fact that uh, like. Uh, these characters just go into uh, Fluffy's. Is it Fluffy? The three-headed dog? Yeah. Yes? Okay. They go into there, they go underneath, and then they all slowly get separated, but, like, in, like, kind of not very exciting ways. Like, uh, like first they get the keys where they have to slowly float up on to get it, and then they play a chess match, which is just very hard to make engaging and I don't really understand chess very much to begin with so it makes it less engaging (laughs) I'll definitely say like for me that part of the movie is the the least interesting part which seems weird right it seems like it should be the most interesting right exactly Um, but in the in the book it's a lot better I think yeah that's Um, what I would imagine stages that they go through that they don't put in the movie Mm -hmm. and I and I'm glad that they I'm, I didn't know that, but I'm glad that they took some of them out because if, yeah. like, more of the movie was dedicated to this and not the world building, I don't know. I think this would have been significantly lower for me. Um, right. And I don't know. It's just, like, one of those weird things. It's just, like, I don't know if I would just rather have this in two parts, but and then but then again, like, an entire movie dedicated to them, like, the three of them by themselves, like, going to find one stone... I don't know how entertaining that would be, especially how young they are in the franchise. Yeah, because really, this movie, like, I don't know if the if your biggest reason that they the stone isn't included as much is because of the title, but I don't think that this movie relies around around the stone at all. Like this, it it isn't about the stone really. It's about him finding out who he is in the Wizarding World and less about the stone but, and more about okay. Voldemort. You know? Yeah, but I think that. The, the stone being introduced so late a part of it is the title but the other part is that like i think that this as a narrative works pretty well like the movie might have if it with a few tweaks could have ended like right like an hour and a half in and i think it would have been pretty okay not great but okay um which point are you referring to that you're saying the stone is introduced i don't no, I, I don't. I don't remember. The stone is intru- is technically introduced when he goes to the Gringotts vaults for the first time. Okay. Because that's what that's what Hagrid pulls out of the vault. So that's within like the first like maybe twenty minutes of the movie. Okay. So I don't know mm, if you. I, I, it's I not can't. clear. Like they don't say that's what it is. I can't. Yeah. You know, I, and they don't really yeah. address the fact that it's a stone. Like they, like it's more about the issue of like 
who's targeting Harry and then they think it's Snape and then they think that Snape is trying to get in the vault and they don't really care about the fact that it's the stone. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, like, they know it is, but they care more about the fact that, like, Snape is trying to hurt him kind of a thing. Yeah, I don't know this franchise well enough to have to point to where it's at. Uh, so I, I, I just meant, like, what you were thinking of. Yeah, like, no, like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't remember what it is. I just know, okay. I just know that I paused it when they said it, like, around that hour and a half park, and I was like, Jesus Christ, there's still an hour of the movie left. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, right, so I don't know, I think, and this is only your second time watching it. Yeah. I think, specifically with these first two, because there's so much to them, like, okay, so this is part of the reason I don't like the first two as much, and I think it's because... Um, as they go on, there's more and more and more to be able to see every time. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if that's just simply because I saw these two so many times first. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and I read these books a couple times. And so, um, yeah. whereas the others I've only read like once. Right. Um, and I don't think I've ever read Deathly Hollows, but <laughs> I, I gave up uh, when I was young. Um, but <laughs> with these books, um, and they're also much, much smaller. But <laughs> these books, <clears throat> um, they, like, I feel like if you don't have a complete grasping of, like, the significance of each shot specifically for this one, it could be hard. Like, because it's just, like, a quick shot of him, like, grabbing the bag, and then later they're like, yeah, Hager got something out of the vault, and then they figure out that it's the Sorcerer's Stone, you know? And so mm-hmm. there's, like, little hints, of, like, alluding to the fact that that's what it is throughout in, like if you watch it uh, like a a couple more times and with the understanding of like, okay, you know, like at this point, Voldemort and and Quirrell are doing this and like at this point, you know, whatever, it's a lot easier to like keep the timeline to understand like that kind of stuff. And so maybe there'd be more for you to see. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like it would, it would feel less dragging if you knew to look for certain things that aren't included in the movie as much. Mm -hmm. And in many ways, because this movie does so much setup, like, the other six movies don't really have to yeah. they like they can do like world building stuff but like they don't have to do anywhere near to the extent of the groundwork that right. this one had to um yeah because not, not only does this have to introduce every character but also has to introduce harry's backstory and also has to introduce um like all like, of the rules of like yeah what, magic what hogwarts is, is yeah. what mag- how magic works like what we call witches wizards like Mm-hmm. They use wands, that they wear this stuff, that they have mm-hmm. pets, like, you know. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of that is done um, more in, in the sequel with um, Ron's family. That's, like, the only other time I can think of, like, another level of, like, plot, like, uh, world building. Yeah. That's even similar to this. Is kind of when he stays with Ron for a hot second at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. And then maybe, like, later in the last two, just to see how he interacts with the human world. But that's not even nearly addressed in the movie at all. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. I like that. I, I, I don't know. I think um, I'm, I haven't put a lot of thought into the aspect of, like, what it would be like if these were built less on, like, with more um, introduction to the world in them. And I think, like, around your point of saying, like, making this into two movies, just obviously for the fact of its introduction to the universe, you know, mm-hmm. and, like, wanting to make it a, a successful movie, it's hard to start off a, a franchise with a two-parter. Um, yeah, yeah, right, right. Because, like, you introduce the world, but then what makes them care, you know? 
And so I agree, like, mm-hmm. from from a standpoint of, like, knowing what it is and knowing we like it and knowing there's eight more movies, you know? Mm-hmm. That makes sense, but, like, objectively, they couldn't have done that. Right, like, they wouldn't have known how successful yeah. this was back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, um, number seven. <laughs> for me? For me? Yeah. Uh, my number seven is uh, Deathly Hallows Part 1. <laughs> okay. That's fair. It's a, it's hard to get through that one because it's slow, and there's no really resolution. At yeah. The end. So you're just kind of <laughs> waiting through that one to get to the part two, in right. my opinion. And I That's think, why I feel watching it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think this is like the prime example of this, I feel like, would be a better book than a movie. Um, mainly because of how often the narrative shifts, because... I yeah. I like a MacGuffin story where like the the movie the characters are following around a certain object to succeed their goal, but the fact that there's like, you know, four of them in this movie, it's. Yeah. I really like the first one where they have to go um to the oh my god what's it I don't even know what it's called, where they have to like disguise themselves as like the other people. Yeah, sure. The I bank. Don't, Green the God's bank. bank. Is that the, it? It is a bank. Okay, I couldn't yeah. remember. Um, I really yeah, like. It's, yeah, it's an incredibly r- racist portrayal of Jewish people as goblins running a bank. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so awful. Anyway, continue. Just wanted to um, say so, that. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoy that. I love how much Ron just gets into the role of like thinking that he has a wife. And, like, just trying to protect him and see his kids, even though, like... Oh. Um, are that's you mixing up... That's... Are you mixing up Yeah, different times that one? they have to just, yeah. Do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really, actually. Yeah, no, that's the... That's, like, the government. That's the Ministry of Magic. Ministry of Magic, okay. About. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anyways. Uh, yeah. I, I really like that scene. But then... There's, like... You know, that's only, like, the first half hour of the movie that I really, I really enjoy that. And then, like, once they get into the forest, it's just, like, the tonal shift is really hits hard. And I don't think it really ever picked up again to that same degree. Yeah. And I feel like in a book, I feel like that tone could have easily translated a little better where they had more time to develop what each Horcrux is. Because if... Uh, to be honest with you, there's so because there's seven of them, like I really couldn't like besides Tom Riddle's diary, I don't yeah. like. Do you want me I, to go through them? No, I mean it's, it's not that I don't remember. Like it's just I don't care about them. You know what I mean? And I I know and it's like I I think with the fact that what Tom Riddle's diary had to the advantage and it had a whole movie dedicated to that. Um, right there's it is definitely weird like i think when i first learned about the horcruxes i was like like one very cool concept Mm -hmm. but two does feel weird particularly because one like the basilisk like the, the whole concept of the basilisk fang being able to destroy the horcrux because it got stabbed with the sword of gryffindor it's kind of weird I, yeah yeah and i don't quite remember what the significance of the sword is yeah that allows it to destroy horcruxes there's a reason but i can't yeah remember what me it neither is. and but... i always forget and i don't know um but that whole thing is weird to me like it always seemed odd and then um 
that it would be able to do that. But yeah, it seems like this big threatening thing, right? Mm -hmm. These horcruxes. And it's like, so there's Tom Riddle's diary, right? Which has a whole movie dedicated to it. Yeah. Then there's um, the tiara, which is very quickly destroyed Mm -hmm. um, with really... Do, do they even destroy it with... They, doesn't, they don't just throw it in fire? Yeah. Well, they stab it, and then they throw it into the fire. Right. Okay. And then it, it his head comes out. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a very, like, like it traumatic ha- like, scene that really doesn't have to do with the Horcrux right. that much. Yeah. Like, um, until, like, the last second. And someone dies in it. It's odd. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the necklace. Which, that one does have, like, a significant amount of time dedicated yeah. to it. Yeah, I, I like that so, one. I like that one. Yeah, and I like the, like, the power that the Horcruxes have, but after, like, those, what is that, three? Three yeah. of them? Then you have Harry the himself, the ring. Harry himself, the ring, which we don't really ever get to see anything happen with that. Yeah, because I don't Yeah, really, does that. Yeah. And, like, a, it's technically is supposed to be, like, oh, yeah, it's killing Dumbledore. Uh-huh. Um, you know right but he are i don't know his his death is confusing because it's like between the ring the necklace apparently which isn't actually the necklace and then him getting killed it's like those three things kind of contribute it's odd yeah Um, then there's so like the the ring doesn't have like a huge plot point at all either Mm -hmm. and then there's nagini yep um, Which has a little more significance, but again, very quick moment. Right. It's not like Nagini's an actual like character, you know. So even though she is, which is funny, like when we don't find that out until um, Fantastic Beasts that she's like an actual person with feelings. Oh really? Not just, I totally yeah. forgot about that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she's the she's a lady, and she um, transfigures into a snake. And she but it's like a disease. There. Yeah. Yeah, because like the amount of times it's like a curse and so every time she transforms into a snake, she is like less and less likely of being able to come back to human. Gotcha. Um and Voldemort being a descendant of Slytherin can speak partial tongue and that's all in common and so that's how he's able to um befriend Nagini because um Nagini's like a human on the inside, you know, and no one can speak to her. Mm-hmm. Um and Nagini's, Nagini's being killed is a lot more significant in the books because it's, like, Neville killing her is, yeah. like, him fulfilling his end of the prophecy. And they, like, barely touch on in the movies the fact that Neville also could have been the chosen one. Yeah. Um, Kelsey brought that up like, to me, and it made him such yeah. a more interesting character this time around. Right? Yeah. And he seems like... It, it makes that death so, more significant, so, so much more significant. And, like, if you had no idea about that, that would just seem like, oh, yeah, good for him. Exactly. Just having a side character do something. Like, it doesn't it doesn't contribute to the fact of, like, him... I don't know. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's six. We're missing one. I... There's the cup that they take back to the Chamber of Secrets. I don't know if you talked yeah, about it's that. Yeah, the, it's the cup. Mm-hmm. Is there one more? Because I thought Harry was, like, a surprise Horcrux. Like, he's, 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 he's surprised seven, I think. He's, he's surprised seven? Okay. So, I thought there was six, and then he's seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, so it's well, like the I same number as the books. I don't, I don't know, I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's surprised seven. I think that's it. But yeah, and so it's like half of those are killed in the last movie. Right. And one of them is even taken care of off screen, but it just seems odd because it's like, especially because of like this number seven of them being like, it's the same number of books. It seems like they would maybe try to connect those more. Mm-hmm. Um. 
because one thing a lot of people do is I've seen um, like people when they redesign the book covers they put one horcrux on the cover of each book yeah which is cool but still weird mm -hmm. just because of how they play out in the plot right like what do you put on the philosopher's stone <laughs> Harry I don't know I, yeah <laughs> yeah good, good answer weird. good answer um <laughs> Uh, yeah, but then that, like, ask, preserve Ask Man, what yeah. has to do with that? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> yeah. In the Goblet of Fire, you can put the cup on, which I've seen people do. And yeah. I'm like, then that's not even significant. That's just a play on That just, like, happens words. to be also a cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, yeah, but, like, going back to, like, the discussion of the movie, I, I don't know. I just feel like <laughs> that this book probably just like did this a little bit better than they ever really could have i don't think there is a yeah. great version of this movie um and that's simply because if if you were to make every like horcrux like killing as entertaining as the ministry of magic scene or dedicating yeah. an entire movie to it like they did with tom riddle's diary or even as engaging as the one with uh dumbledore and harry like yeah the necklace there, there's like four other ones that like you would have to maybe okay besides harry's death there's still three other ones that you have to like change and that just would have pissed like fans the hell off like you can't just change such a significant part of the book to make it more digestible as a movie right right and i think okay so i think going through all of those with you mm -hmm. right i think that um, part of the biggest reason this movie is, is not as good as the other ones is largely because it's not meant to be its own standalone. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, it doesn't feel very linear and it, and a lot of the Horcruxes feel like very played off. Um, but I think that, I mean, I do appreciate that they put this into two movies. There's a lot of content, especially because there's so many Horcruxes left to get, mm -hmm. um, that if you cut any of it out, like you're saying, it would just piss people off. Yeah. Um, and so I'm glad that they included as much as they did by making it two movies. Otherwise, it would have been like a six-hour movie, and no one wants that. <laughs> um, but I think a large part of like why we have so many issues with it, like I feel like a lot of these Horcruxes probably got the, the attention they deserved in the book. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, exactly. I don't know, because I didn't read it, but... Um, <laughs> I, it feels like they would have. Right. It'd be a really weird thing to gloss over. Right. And I also feel like this does make a good introduction to part two, in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, like, I wouldn't watch this by itself, but I wouldn't watch eight without seven, I think. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how I feel about eight. Like, I really like eight, but it's just like how... It's just like a... One of the, it's like Endgame, you know, you can't just, I, yeah, I don't never, like, right. I love it, it's like one of my favorite MCU movies, but it's just, I'm never really in the mood just to pop it on, you know, it's just, yeah. it's, I don't know. But if you did, like, an Infinity War and Endgame duo, like, I'd be like right, that. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Um, that's what I feel about, inf actually, that's exactly, that's a great analogy, because that's, like, Infinity War is way too fucking depressing for me to sit and just watch by itself. Yeah. If I watch Endgame after, I feel much better about it, and that's what I do with these. <laughs> right. Like you so, say, you can only be depressed for about four hours. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'll watch this, and then I yeah. feel better once the yeah. conflict is resolved. I don't yeah. just have to go to bed sad. Um, right. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly how I feel about these, and I think that that's extremely intentional, as it is one book and not meant to be right, <laughs> perceived right, like right, that. Right, right. But um, I agree with you that as movies go, not the best. <laughs> so okay, um, do you have any closing thoughts on part one or? No, that's I, I think we touched on every single way I feel about okay. it. Okay, uh, <laughs> what is your number six? Uh, Goblet of Fire. Oh shit! Which... Okay, really. Dude, yeah. I, okay, that makes me so happy because we have the same number six. I didn't think that Yay. was gonna happen. Okay. <laughs> no, I, um, as far as rewatches go, um, this one is the one I've seen the least, um, just because when I was a kid, I got really scared at the um, scene where they go through the maze, mm-hmm. um, yeah, because I'm afraid of possession. So, um, yeah, and that's naturally, what, yeah, naturally, I'm afraid of possession and seeing um, Victor Crumb get literally possessed is terrifying um and also i think like this one is kind of hard to watch unless you're really paying attention to the scene with mad eye um like it's hard to understand like the concept of these like forbidden spells um until you like watch it a couple times and like actually like get like understand like the significance of each spell and like the scene with um neville and and mad eye um when he's like Neville, you should know a lot about this spell, um, the Cruciatus Curse, because that's, do you know what I'm about to say? I, uh, um, do you know about Neville's parents? No, I don't. Okay, so, oh, I don't know, because you were just saying you and Kelsey were talking about uh, Wait, uh, his parents are killed by Beatrix? They weren't killed. They, um, she used the Cruciatus Curse on them and tortured them until they literally went out of their minds and then they live in a mental institution. Okay. Uh, so I knew that's it why. Was, okay. Okay. So I, that's why they he lives with his grandma. Gotcha. Because his parents were like tortured until the point of insanity. Okay. And so, um, that's why that curse is so hard for him because like his parents are still alive and he goes and sees them but they don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like they like don't speak and it's, it's like touched on a lot more in the book and like yeah, the storyline is imagine. a lot more significant. Um, but and so like that moment that's why neville kind of freaks out a little bit and they're like is he okay and then that's why moody's like come up to my office um other than that you know whatever but um i I totally don't know what i was gonna say oh that the spells are a lot more significant to the plot in this one than any other movie and it feels like they're explained very poorly yeah like they're very glossed over and even like this is the first portrayal we get to see of the imperial imperial curse where um like the mind control one and so in this one victor crumb's eyes are like glossed over to show that he's under the that spell but that doesn't make any sense because the whole point of the spell is that like um like a lot of people claimed that they were under that spell doing voldemort's bidding you know, and so you're basically meaning you can't tell if they are or not, right? Because mm-hmm. um, there's no way to prove that they were or they weren't. And so to have it be like a visual clue for the audience because you didn't explain it well enough or reference to it well enough and then never doing it in any of the movies going forward because it doesn't make sense with the plot of the movies, like that you would be able to tell visually, yeah. is odd. That's so weird. <laughs> like, why would you do that? Right. And so that irks me a lot. I don't understand why they did that. I mean, I get it, but it's because they didn't explain it well enough for it to seem significant, you know. Mm-hmm. And in order to show that Crumb wasn't actually doing that shit, maybe, you know. Yeah. So. 
Also, it's weird whenever I watch this and I think about the fact that, like, Crumb is supposed to be 18 and Hermione's supposed to be, like, 14. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, that's really kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. I don't For me, I feel like this movie tried to just do too much while simultaneously not doing enough. <laughs> right. It should have been longer, but also maybe two parts. I don't know. And that's, like, the largest thing with all these is there's just so much and it just yeah. doesn't seem like there's enough Do you think that time. there's a cut of this movie where you remove the ballroom stuff? No. No? Because this is the only movie where they have the Yule Ball. This is the only time where... No, no, no. I, I know, but, like, what, like, add, does the Yule Ball, like, add something that I'm forgetting about? You know what I mean? Besides um, the thing... It's, it's a large, um, it's very influential for, like, Ron and Hermione's relationship, and it's, like, the first time we actually start to see Ron have a crush on Hermione. It's also the first time we see Hermione be actually confident enough in herself, like, okay, appearance-wise, and so, like, that's significant for her character development. Sure, but I feel like there's a way to make that without the ball. Yeah, but it's also, like, a significant part of the wizarding world. Yeah. And so if you if you were to make a movie about this book and not include the ball, that yeah. would just seem weird. Yeah. You know? Right. That would just seem odd. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know if, like, in terms of moving the plot along, I don't really know mm-hmm. if there's anything super important about this, but, um, about the Yule Ball, but it's very, like, a... a Thing lots of people enjoy about the book and like the wizarding world i guess like, okay that people hold yule balls and stuff to like reference it <laughs> okay i don't uh, know <laughs> like culturally <laughs> right right um okay but the movie starts at the quidditch world cup and yep. while i'm not gonna complain about quidditch you know i'm not gonna be that asshole but i feel like this movie could have started like 20 minutes later uh than it did and it's just because of how rushed the death eaters introduction feels to me because it just feels like i honestly feel like that that whole scene like i feel like it's it's very hard to like get on the concept of like oh we're at the quidditch world cup suddenly yeah like that whole introduction seems odd and like like yeah i think they could have started later but i also think they could have started earlier or at least introduced it a little bit better because that whole scene just feels odd yeah and, like never referenced again it's just like a <laughs> right yeah it's fun that they do that it's fun to show the class differences between him and malfoy it's fun to show like who cedric diggory is you know and it's fun to introduce warp keys those are all important however seems like very oddly placed yeah <laughs> And, like, very quick. It's just quick, and it seems like it would be more, I don't know. Like, suddenly they're in the, they're in a field, and there's a tent, and, it, you know. Right, right, right. I don't know. It just feels like they're just hanging out at the, the cup, and then all of a sudden Death Eaters strike, and then the movie starts. Like, it feels like yeah. more of, like, a like a cold open than, like, yeah. the, like a first act of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like there should have been... I don't even know what I would change. Just it, the timing of that sequence seems odd. Like there should have been, like it should have either taken place over a longer duration of time later or had more introduction before that happened. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Right. 
It was just, or like cut, or cut it in, in. Like I'm imagining, like this is I don't know, this I, this is literally the first thing I thought of, uh, but in the Wizard of Oz when <laughs> we're in in Munchkin Land for the first time and everyone's just like chilling, having a great time, and then all of a sudden the Wicked Witch of the West shows up and just like ruins the whole thing. Like that's an abrupt way to introduce the character, but it like it fits the character. Whereas this like. Yeah. There's no, like, introduction to Munchkinland either. It's just, like, an abrupt start and an abrupt introduction. Like, they just do both. Yeah. And I feel like... Right, but it wouldn't be... That would be, like, if Wizard of Oz started with Dorothy waking up in Munchkinland. Right, right. That's what I'm like, saying. That like, would I think, feel odd. <laughs> I, I know. That's what I'm saying. I feel like that if they were to have, like, ten minutes before the movie started yeah. of, like, build-up to it, I think it would have been cooler than yeah. um, than that. And like I just feel like the like there needed to be more context to the fact that they were going to the cup, what the cup was, more more world building right. had gone there. Yeah, yeah. that would have been so much better. <laughs> much easier sentence. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, trying to think of other things that I don't like about this movie. Uh, <laughs> okay, I really like the character of Mad Eye in this. Um, yeah, this, even though it's not him. Right, that's the part I don't like. I yeah. get so pissed off. I'm like, I dude, I really like this character. Can't wait to see more of him. And then the movie ends, and it's like he's just a completely different person by the end of it. Yeah, and it's it's so weird to think about this one, and then immediately in five, like one of the first things that happens is Mad Eye comes back and gets Harry, and they're like, Yeah, we know each other. Like, when did you guys have time to bond? Like, all of right. that is fake. Exactly. And you wouldn't even you would know who Harry Potter was. Also, how traumatizing for Harry to be like, I built this bond with this person, and then all of a sudden, that it's actually... And then you see that person, and they, like, aren't that person you thought they were. They're, like, completely different. Uh-huh. But he must have... They must have been at least pretty similar. Otherwise, Dumbledore definitely would have thought... Something was up. Yeah, which it seems weird to me that he didn't. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I feel like he knew, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. That That always irritates me. And just, like, the games itself, just, I don't know, just, I, I don't know if I really even like the games all that much. Like, they just kind of, like, they're entertaining. Like the tournament? Yeah. Or the, okay. Like, they're, they're fun to watch, but, like, it's just, I don't know, they're just really weird. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know, like, it's just, I don't even know how to describe, like, I have no way, like, no way to back this up. It's just, like, the games, so I think it's just that there's so many different tones going on in this movie that, like, because they don't pick on, pick just one, like, it's a coming-of-age story, it's, like, a, a sports drama, it's, like, just a drama in itself by the end when Voldemort comes back. It's just, like, there's so many different things that by the fact that, like, uh, when does the ball happen? Is that before the second game? Like, the, the swimming it's one? After, it's after the swimming one. Okay. So you're going from, like, this high... Okay, well, <laughs> I don't know. Let's just pretend. Like, so you're going from this high-intense scene of going, like, swimming and, like, set, like Cedric's yeah. head... Or is it Cedric? I don't know. Someone's head being a shark and, like, all this other shit no, like that. No, it's Crumb. Crumb. His head's a fucking shark and... You know, Harry's dying and being choked by seaweed and whatnot. And then you're just having this, like, like awkward, cutesy interaction where they're just dancing around and it's snowing and whatnot. And I don't know. I just feel like 
the only reason the games feel weird is because th- that it's not like just a consistent tone and i don't think the tones yeah. mesh well enough for it to to uh you know revitalize itself <laughs> yeah yeah because this like the ball is supposed to be like a celebratory thing before the final challenge i think mm-hmm. i think is why i'm leaning towards it being after that one i think it is yeah it's the whole thing is odd it's treated very much like the i i mean with that concept in mind it's like yeah it seems like weird that this life or death thing is happening while it's like also like high school bullshit but like they're treating these death these life and death games like high school bullshit like after everyone wins they like drink and shit and Mm. like they're literally children you know and so i think yeah the whole concept of the games is weird but that's also the point so i don't know (laughs) i agree it's odd i don't know um uh, I don't know. I think the only thing that would fix that is maybe the pacing of the books because it's longer. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I really enjoy Voldemort's return. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, and I really like the scene after Cedric dies and, um, and Harry's just like, he gets back and everyone's just like cheering and thinking that, that he just won the, the yeah. game, but he's just falling over Robert Pattinson's that's Poor. my son yeah that's my boy <laughs> my boy <laughs> um i don't know i really i really enjoy that scene um you know not to watch but you know no it's at, i at, agree from a technical standpoint <laughs> i've seen a lot of um like clips on tiktok that are like talking about and like being the band director in the stands you know, and uh-huh. like trying to trying to like cut people off when they realize the, the kids. Right, are and the kids are in the back just still yeah. play. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Dude, that has oh, also that game has, you know what? The swimming challenge and the uh, the maze challenge have to be like the worst like sporting events like to watch. Yeah. Just flat yeah. out, because <laughs> like once they start swimming, like you're just standing there sitting there just hoping someone comes out of the water like you're literally just fishing yeah (laughs) and then and then for the maze one like they start the maze and then it just seals up and you have no idea what's going on in there and everyone's just like cheering and clapping for like an hour yeah Yeah, i i personally think that the only reason that there isn't a camera like showing all of these and even like televising them um, very similar to the Hunger Games, is because they don't want anyone to see, like, that ending thing with the poor Keith, you know, and they don't want people to, to believe Harry. Um, like, they're, like uh, in terms of plot, like, there's like there's a reason that people don't believe Harry, because they couldn't see it, you know? But I think of this as, like, the Triwizard Tournament was, like, an actual thing that didn't serve, like, a plot purpose, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. There would definitely be, like... Because same way that they, like, project images of, like, the Quidditch Cup. Yeah, exactly. You know, there would be, there would be like, images. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Being shown on something. <laughs> it seems odd. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I, don't, I don't think I missed any big ones for this one. Do you have any more to add to it? Nope. That's all I have to say. I think okay. Fred and George are really good in this one, and I love them. Also, I met them. I don't know if I told you that. What? You met them? I met, I met the Phelps twins. At, like, Comic-Con or what? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I have their, I have a picture with them, and I have, they autographed it. That's cool. It's me and them and my dad. <laughs> Are you dressed up as Ginny? No, I'm wearing a Slytherin t-shirt, though. 
Yeah. I was like maybe 12. Nice. Nice. Yeah. They were really nice, though. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, they were cool. They were cool. It was cool. Mm-hmm. It was fun. That was my first Comic-Con I ever went to, so I had a good time. <laughs> good, good start. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. What is your number five? Order of the Phoenix, ironically, because it's number five. Nice, nice. Mine's pretty similar. Uh, these next uh, three for me are all fall in that category of I really like the first two acts, but like the third one is like uh, kind of slips and stumbles for me. Okay. And, and Order okay. of the Phoenix is in that category, but it's not my number five. Um, yeah. So, whoa, what, what's up with Order of the Phoenix? Why is it, why is it here? I, I don't know. I really like this one. Like, if I had to pick ones to watch, this would be one of them. Um, mm-hmm. I think this one's fun. It's honestly kind of forgettable for me. Um, yeah, I can get that. Like, if I'm going through and thinking and talking about all of them, this one is one that I forget about. Um, just purely because, like, yeah, the plot's important but like sort of i don't know mm-hmm. like basically this entire movie is um we don't believe you about voldemort being back except now we do and we're gonna learn how to fight him and then also umbridge <laughs> which is like the only umbridge is like the only like defining other than like a death or two mm-hmm. this is the only like defining thing where i'm like oh yeah or the phoenix okay <laughs> yeah I, you I, know. I gotcha i gotcha um i don't know i really like the that Harry stepping into the teacher role and teaching all these kids uh, how, yeah, how to that do is this cool. shit. Um, yeah. yeah. He, it's very reflective of him, like, taking his place in the wizarding world and, like, this is the first time that Harry isn't just, like, the chosen one. You right, know? right. He's like, why, I, I'm just being given this role. Like, he's fulfilling being a leader and that's cool. Um, it's nice to see him growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I really, that's like... That's a nice part about this one. I really like how this movie opens too. It just um, with uh, fuck the stepbrother. <laughs> uh, oh, Dudley. Yeah, Dudley. This I is like, a good opening. Yeah, I really yeah. like that opening and that how it just really sets settles and the fact that Harry, even though he's just been treated by like the worst people his entire life, just is genuinely a good person. Yeah. Um, and he's always has to pay the consequences for being a. a good person and i think uh or going into the ministry of magic after um, him saving dudley from the the dementors uh is just a great way to like make this more standalone than just a follow-up to the events of goblet of fire yeah because not only because what the, the way it opens up with um he doesn't not only has has to um uh deal with the fact that he's the only one who believes voldemort's back but he's now he's has to uh, because he's not only is he in trouble for the voldemort thing in the last movie but he's also in trouble for the the way that this movie opens up so like even if you haven't hadn't seen goblet of fire um there's still a narrative to follow um behind it and i think uh it's a, it was a very smart way on the both book and movies behalf. I'd yeah, I like uh, for this one too. I think um, if I'm gonna start a watch and I want to watch like a couple of them, but mm-hmm. I don't want to start from the beginning, this is where always where I will start at. Um, mostly okay. because of that opening, I think that 
it's like this one in comparison, like one, two, three, four, right? I feel like it's like you were just saying it's very much um, Harry being like young and then he steps into this teacher role and it kind of takes like his place in all this. Yeah. Um, five and beyond is kind of where we get our, our um, understanding of what the rest of the wizarding world is really viewing from all this. Um, right. Because up until this point, it's like 90% from Harry's perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just what he's being told, we're being told. But this one is like when we actually get to see like what's going on besides right. beyond him. Like it really makes it feel like it's a lived-in world with all the politics yeah. and everything like that behind it. Right. It's where we first... So like I feel like there's maybe more world building and then when we get to this one, we finally get to see like, okay, now what? You know, like we're, we're going to build beyond that and see like corruption in the government you know and how how far Voldemort actually is involved in stuff and um really build the allegory of the nazis and what a death eater is and all that and i think right it's cool now so i do i do like that's why i I would start at five and do five six yeah that's a if i had the choice yeah i think that's a pretty good good idea um and i've done that many times (laughs) (laughs) nice um now, Kelsey and I were talking about this because this is one of the few that we watched together, um, or one of the two that we watched together. <laughs> um, so, Umbridge, what is Umbridge's deal? Like, is she a Death Eater, or no, like why? She's just a bitch. She's just a she's bitch. Just... Now, is it well, because she's yeah. wearing the Horcrux around her neck that makes her that way, or no, 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 no? She doesn't get the Horcrux until the, until number seven. Oh, she gets that at the beginning of the movie? Yeah. Okay. She doesn't, yeah, she doesn't have the Horcrux until at this point. She gets it, um, from Mundungus. Okay. In seven. Okay, okay. Because, um, it's after Sirius dies Uh that the Horcrux is no longer, um, safe at the Black Residence anymore because no one's living there. And so when Sirius dies, that's when Mundungus comes in and robs them and takes the necklace. Okay. And so it isn't until at least after five. So, um, so Umbridge does, she's just a bad person. She doesn't believe in right. anything Voldemort's doing. Um, okay, so that's like the interesting part about Umbridge's character is she's kind of supposed to be, um, like, she is very racist, obviously, and bigoted. Um, and that's like, like, she's someone that supports all the ideals. Um, she's like a really far right leaning without identifying with the nazi party Mm -hmm. is really what she's supposed to be okay so she's like a really far right-leaning person in the sense that she shares a lot of the um like morality and political views of like mixing muggle blood and being racist against the centaurs and just kind of being a bad person um but like holding up this idea that she's like really dignified um and follows the rules Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what, like, and then that's what makes her a good person. And because of that, um, and her ability to have gained power, yeah, she um, upholds a lot of those views without like being a Death Eater. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, so she's kind of supposed to reflect. Sure, like, like a like. neutral kind of, but like right, leaning, but like, but leaning, like a right leaning neutral party. Yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Um, so she's like kind of a commentary character. Sure. So yeah, she's not a Death Eater, but she believes in all that shit. But she doesn't say that, <laughs> you know. Right, 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 right. She's like, I'm not a Nazi. I don't kill people, but also I'm racist as fuck, and um, think Muggleborns should be killed. This <laughs> I don't know. 
I will have order. Um, uh, yeah, but I like all the setup and all the teaching stuff and all of the the snoop snooping around uh, Hogwarts. But for me, yeah. it's like it's around uh, ironically the point where Umbridge leaves. Uh, that the movies, I don't know if I really like the way this movie ends, um, because yeah. it like it really throws in Hagrid's half brother in there really quickly, and like they introduce him in a scene, like just randomly, and then like the next scene they uh, trick Umbridge into going out into the woods so uh, he can get rid of her along with the centaurs or whatever, yeah. and then they go to. I don't even, where do they go? Like, I don't even they know. They go to the ministry. It's like a, it's like Just the like a closet um, artifacts. Or... Okay. Yeah, it's like the artifacts area of the ministry. And so, like, all of those balls are, like, memories and prophecies and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and Voldemort is looking for the one that confirms um, the prophecy about Harry. There's, like, more significance to it than that, though. They discuss, like, a lot further in the book about, like, what specifically <laughs> sure. that prophecy means. But I cannot remember. And they don't address it in the movie. Okay. Um, other than they're like, this is really important, but they don't ever say. <laughs> right, right, right. It, like, it, like, clarifies <laughs> something really important about Harry and Voldemort's duality. It's, like, the prophecy that, like, only one can live while the other survives. Mm-hmm. Is, like, the line. Um, and I think that comes from this prophecy. And um, that there's, like, a duality between them that makes it like the prophecy with them going forward sure. um and that's what the orb is and so Voldemort's looking for that and they're trying to stop him and that's in the ministry of magic and then but they, he tricks them to go there i like the storyline with um because like it's one thing i wish they would touch on more throughout the entirety of the series is like how important that duality between harry and Voldemort is and like their connection because like we see the scar hurts whenever he's around and we see the um like the memory connection and all that is the horcrux right um and it's very unclear right yeah definitely Um, is it's it's (laughs) super unclear it's super vague and unclear and like if you knew that from the books you it's very obvious you know Mm -hmm. that all of those things are but as a a person viewing that trying to comprehend all that it's not clear at all it's not it's not even close and so it's like the entire time all these clues that harry is the horcrux and that's why hermione knows but doesn't say anything um that it just kind of seems thrown in there at the end, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's, like, very intentional throughout the whole thing. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. I I, so, yeah. I also really... I, I'm not a big fan of Sirius' death. And I think it's just because yeah. I don't think Harry and Sirius spend enough time together for me to really develop right. that relationship. It's, it's very vague. Obviously, it doesn't have as much time as the movies do. And, like, also... I don't know about you, but, like, in the book it seems like falling through the veil seems much more significant than the visual of it it just you gotta, seems like, you like okay i'm dead <laughs> what do you mean falling in the veil the it's like the veil between the our world and like death is the thing that Sirius falls into oh okay I... he gets well he gets killed by bellatrix but then he like falls backwards into the veil okay okay like symbolically it's weird yeah, it's, okay. it's super weird um. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, I I don't know. I just feel like even if, uh, re- disregarding that, if he was just killed in that scene, I don't think yeah. that I would have. I I don't wouldn't have cared. Um, yeah, just just I because that relationship seems... is just not developed enough yeah. at all. 
I think w- one thing is like, and I don't really know if there if this is touched on enough in general anywhere, but like conceptually, Sirius would have much more of an attachment to Harry because of like the, the Godfather role. Yeah, and and Sirius like um, they don't really talk about this in the movie either, but like Sirius's family is a bunch of like Death Eaters, right? Um, and he wasn't. You know, yeah. he's the only one that got sorted into Gryffindor, and so his family like kicked him out, and he went and lived with James Potter's family for many years, mm-hmm. um, and so like that was really like his brother, you know, like his second family, and he just like kind of lived with them, and so Sirius's connection to that family and like role, and and how similar that Harry and James looked, you know, like that was his best friend and like brother for life, and so Sirius would have and was there for a lot of his childhood, you know. Um, before Harry's parents were killed, and so Sirius would have, like, an intense connection with Harry and, like, knew him, but Harry wouldn't have that, other than just projecting on needing a parental role. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, none of that is shown. None of that is even alluded to, you know? But, like, if you can conceptualize that, yeah, but, like, it's hard while you're watching the movie to be like, okay, this is important, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... I agree with you. (laughs) i i will give this movie though that this is the one that even remotely made me want to read the books just because of that death scene i'm like okay i'm clearly missing something here i should probably check these out granted i haven't done that yet but i am this is the one that made me want to at least yeah this i think part of that though is because this one um has the most in it that is, is so unclear yeah um like, there's so much in this that if you don't know the backstory behind it, it makes no sense. Like, the first time I watched this, I had no idea what was happening in that whole ending part. And maybe that's why you don't like it as much, because it's confusing as hell. And they do I, I actually, I up. like this one a good bit, but, I don't know, over, it's not, I, it's... I'm saying, like, because you said you don't like the ending. Oh, the ending, like, the ending, yeah, 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 yeah. It's super confusing and makes yeah. no sense and is unclear if you don't if you don't have any background into what uh-huh. what's going on right right um <laughs> okay uh you want is that, that that's, that's it for my got, number that's five. all i gotta say okay um my number five is gonna be uh, prisoner of azkaban um okay okay yeah so yeah uh i think this movie is fucking gorgeous uh, yeah, we'll get this that is out of the, the way. most loved book and movie, probably, yeah. <laughs> I think, by fans. This is a good movie. Um, and I think that the real star of this movie is Alfonso Cuaron, the director behind it. I di- like, he directed the fuck out of this movie. And I think the, that him coming in on the third one was, like, su- like the smartest thing that these guys could have done for this movie. Um, yeah. Because of how, uh, like... Because even though I really do like Chamber and I really like Philosopher's Stone, those mo- two movies like are very similar to each other, and I feel like this one just yeah. like was such a breath of fresh air. Right. Um, like the opening shot, even like even though it's not the most captivating like shot of the movie, it really like sucked in, like sucked you in, no matter like whether or not you cared or not. And yeah. um, and although this one. It sets the tone for all the other ones. Exactly. It's, and I think it did a really good job at it. World. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. It's literally what, like, if you just had the first two, like, this one is what defines what Harry Potter becomes. Mm-hmm. 
like stylistically, you know, like this is this is what if you think of Harry Potter, like three going forward is kind of like the mentality. I feel like if you're thinking of like a vibe, like yeah. this is the one that really sets that tone. And I think that not that one and two aren't bad, but as a series, three right. is what is like sure. That's the symbol of this, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, if you had to so, introduce some yeah. of the Harry Potter, this wouldn't be. A, this would probably be the one you'd want to do. I feel yeah. like. Yeah, um, I agree. The reason it sits lower for me is, is uh, because I talked about it earlier that I I love the mystery element of Chamber, mm-hmm. but I feel like the mystery in this one of who Sirius Black actually is, just isn't handled as well. And I feel like the fact that we're introduced to his character so late in the movie, it really makes yeah. like him his redempted, redemptive arc feel really impossible to do, because yeah. there's only like real little screen time. Yeah, there's like one scene with him and Harry like actually talking about like what his relationship with his parents actually was. Right, um, and it's so much more significant than it's given time for, like in any of these. Right, and I think if that yeah. was developed more, I think I like I would have felt a lot more emotion from his death in Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, because Siri- Sirius is like such a fan favorite character, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Rightfully and, so, I'd imagine. Right, and he, and he, it's not served well. It's there's a couple specific characters that I don't think are adapted as well as they could have been if not just poorly. Um, into the movies and Sirius is definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, it's just not not and it's I like the actor choice. Like I yeah think I think role, yeah right like a great job. He's like a, like but, an a um, list actor. <laughs> yeah, and his, and he played the shit out of the role, mm-hmm. you know. And I I wish I just wish he was in it more. I, yeah, I feel like right. he could have been given more. Yeah. But all of that is just again like the. I don't know what else they could have done. You know, like there's only so much time they have to get all of this in. Uh-huh. And there's so many like, like this, the story's so intricate and there's so many small things that need to be put in to allude to other things that seem insignificant, you know, mm-hmm. that it's like, how much more time can you allot to like character development of the side character that, oh yeah, his death is important in a couple movies, but mm-hmm. not this one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, other than that, I really don't remember anything about the first two acts other than not liking that element very much. Um, and I and just not a big fan of uh, Hermione's uh, time travel thing. I, I do not like that because not only is it like one of those things that's just like, okay, well, why don't you just do that for the rest of the series? Um, it's just also like, I don't... It just makes the movie feel longer than it actually is. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, um, I also don't think it's given enough explanation. No. Because like, her, Hermione only has that because McGonagall and Dumbledore made a deal with, it's like ac- for academic purposes. Because mm-hmm. um, there's only so many time turners that exist in the world. And Hermione, because she is so good academically, wanted to take an extra class that semester. Mm-hmm. And so she was allowed for the semester the possession of the time turner. Oh, so she got it order... taken away? No, it's just like a borrowed thing from the school. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, like, at the end of the semester, she had to give it back. I think so. I don't know off the top of my head, but I think that's the deal. Oh, okay. Um. I, yeah, I would have never known and, that. <laughs> yeah, and... Or it, that it, it, like, the significance of the time turner is that because she's so brilliant that she's able to have that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and like isn't allowed to tell anyone because it's like such a breach of like wizarding law shit you know right the industry has like allowed it just for her um and like how big of a deal that is it's not emphasized at all like that's such an accomplishment for her and so everyone's always like oh you're the brightest wizard of your age but they don't ever show anything that like emphasizes that in any of the movies they just keep saying it over and over again i don't know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and this is like one of her accomplishments yeah for sure um but yeah that's like that's another like this is this my problem with it is just like i don't find this one besides visually very memorable yeah um which is probably pretty hot of a take uh but i just i like literally don't remember the plot of this movie like, at all <laughs> uh and maybe that's because it's one of the earlier ones but yeah this one took me a couple times watching to like be able to remember it so i understand that mm-hmm. um like am i objectively what, what am i like am i missing like a big key element to it because like there's like isn't like the big plot line that Hagrid's getting kicked out or something like that i don't um no, uh, no, it's Buckbeak. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, so it starts with, um, his aunt, which is the trenchable from Matilda. It starts with his aunt <laughs> yeah. getting blown up and then his, the family kicking right. out. Right, cool scene, he... but not, like, very important to the plot. Yeah, well, it's, in, it's important in that it shows another example of, like, Character development, magic. yeah. Or, or, no, it shows another example of, like, him using magic unintentionally and, like, that there's no consequences because he's young. Um, kind of a thing and like how that works in the wizarding law uh-huh. um, and then the triple decker bus which mm. is fun it makes a good lego set <laughs> um, and then uh, um, and they invented that color purple lego brick for that set which is cool and then oh, it was nice. unavailable for a really long time and then they made a they made a new version of it so <laughs> now I really want it um, and so they made they have that and then um, after that he goes and meets Cornelius Fudge, so it's, like, an introduction to Fudge, too, and to the Minister of Magic, um, which is a big deal. Yeah. And then it's the first time that Arthur really pulls Harry aside and tells him anything that the Ministry doesn't want him to know, which is really about Sirius Black. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then there you got Lupin, which I completely forgot about, which is a fan favorite, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, which is another big plot of this. And, like, uh, also, the biggest thing about this movie that's important is Harry's power. Like, the level of power that he has Mm -hmm. um, to be able to produce a Patronus charm, especially with the amount of trauma that he has in order to produce, like, a happy memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Because, like, a lot of people say that after um, one of the twins dies that the other one isn't able to produce produce a Patronus anymore. Oh, that's sad. Because he doesn't have any happy memories because all his brothers and all of them uh-huh. like that's that's canon so that sucks um but <laughs> I, but that's like a big deal and so that really sets him up three sets him up for five really sure because he wouldn't be able to do all the shit that he does and in, in teach like he does without having the level of knowledge that remus gives him right right um yeah. And then Re- Remus, like, never shows up again. Like, he's just barely in the rest of it, which is frustrating. Yeah. I really do like Lupin a lot, though. Yeah. He's um, so cool. I thought it, I didn't remember his character very much uh, before I went into it again, but I, looking back, like, on it now, like, he's definitely a very standout, I would imagine. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have, am I missing any big ones? I feel like I haven't, I feel like we haven't talked no. about this one very much at all. No, I just really enjoy it. And, like, 
cinematically it's pretty yeah um it has like also a lot of the rides at universal are based on this movie like this one really sets up the wizarding world of harry potter yeah you know? I can both get, in yeah. the sense of like the ride park <laughs> but also like what harry potter is and i feel i feel like that's prevalent throughout the entirety of this movie nice so okay um so what is your number four uh part one of deathly hallows okay uh is there a reason it's just higher for you or um i think part of it is like i was saying that i watch five six seven eight Uh uh-huh over and over and over and over again and so um because i like eight so much i think seven just sits higher for me okay okay um yeah i don't know Mm -hmm. and then my number four is uh order of the phoenix okay that's fair yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, your number three? Yeah, we, so my number three is Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay. <laughs> which is also number three, which is funny. Yeah, nice. Uh, mine's Philosopher's Stone. Okay, that's all right, yeah. It's the first one. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, what about two? Uh, Deathly Hallows Part Two. That's, okay, we got, we got the same one. Okay. Right. That's so funny because that means our first and last are flopped. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that like when you said that, I like I was yeah. like Jesus Christ, this is gonna be terrible. <laughs> yeah. But all right, I think we're doing a good job. <laughs> That's okay. I think we just have it. Really shows like our taste in which version like of we, Harry Potter we yeah, like the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we both like the last one, but we like we're differing in opinions on the middle part and the first part. Right. Which is un- like they're all great. It's all fantastic. So I don't. I'm not in disagreement with you <laughs> you know right right, right. i got you um <laughs> it's not like if you put solo as number one you know Dude, like you. because harry potter is like also equivalent you know there isn't like one that stands out that i'm like if you like that one i don't have respect for you <laughs> you know not that i feel that way about solo but kind of I, I would feel that way about solo <laughs> <laughs> um all right so part two i feel like i i had a similar experience to it rewatching it like i did um uh half blood prince where mm-hmm. i remember loving this one but when i was rewatching it i really only remembered uh everything after the battle really started yeah uh, um so like the first like the horcrux thing just again felt like another entry into part one where it really felt like uh is just going all over the place and i feel like if that horcrux was thrown into part one i think if it ended on that note it would have been um a lot more which horcrux are you talking about the the dragon <laughs> the one at, the yeah. dragon okay. one at the bank yeah That's uh, a, that whole scene is cool yeah and it is really cool. cool so scene. i feel like i would have i would leave part one with a better taste in my mouth um if yeah. it ended on like such a like right. a fucking dragon, you know what I mean? Instead of Dobby dying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's supposed. To, I I agree. It's supposed to be like that depressive, like what they're feeling. Yeah. Um, but I agree. I don't know. How, I I think trying to split this book into two movies w- would have just been um, <laughs> like absolutely awful. To, like I wouldn't want to be the one doing it. Yeah. Um, but and deciding where that falls. Sure, but. definitely. Um, but anyways, I. I think this movie has the most um emotional beats that i actually care about 
and I, that is a very large component of why it's so high for me is because yeah. it's the one that I care about the most. Um, right. Yeah. This is this is objectively probably one of the best movies. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I I don't even like in just in the past ten years. This is a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. You know, especially in its genre, like. Um, it needs all of the setup to get to that point that the other mm-hmm. seven movies provide, which is crazy, right? Like, if you think objectively, like, the only other series I can think of that has put this many movies into getting to, like, a climactic point like this would be, like, the MCU. Mm-hmm. But those weren't set up, like, a linear storyline, you know? Yeah. They're set up as, like, each is their own thing. Right, and, like, and so, I don't think they knew in Iron Man that they would be making Endgame. Like, I think... right. They knew that yeah. they would get to the Avengers, but that was only, like, six movies in, not 22, yeah. so... Right, and so it's not even comparable in that sense, and it's, like, this right. is the only set of movies that you have that is, like, one linear storyline that is this long, like, this, <laughs> uh, that it was, and it is that successful, like, and, and uh, you know, as much as I don't want to, like, credit J.K. Rowling with anything ever, <laughs> like, that is so crazy, yeah that was able to happen and it's also crazy that we've been able you know like there's so many things that i'm like i i wish i lived through the 80s and like all the rock music and shit in the 80s and like the clothes and whatever or you know or like i wish i lived through woodstock you know and Mm -hmm. and not that this is like comparable to like events like that but when in history have we ever seen this amount of like mass film media being produced like that like that's absolutely insane that we have this many like, mm-hmm. series of films that, like, a, like the entire MCU being, like, one linear story thing, mm-hmm. and the world building that goes into that, and, I mean, obviously, like, adaptions from books, and that's, like, a significant aspect of it, because of the amount of time and effort that's been yeah. put into all of that, but having cinematic adaptions of all this shit is crazy. Like, it, it, I feel really lucky to be able to have lived through seeing Endgame in theaters, you know, yeah, or... definitely. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine, like, being born in 89 and, like, being the same age as Harry Potter and being able to grow up with him and the rest of the cast as these movies were coming out. Um, It's crazy. But, you know, you know, can only imagine that. You you know, I'm not living yet, but it just doesn't (laughs) defer from the fact that this movie is fucking awesome. Um, I think like going back to the emotional beats i just think that like everyone is just on their a game in this one um yeah. uh besides a few little like skips or whatnot um i think that this is just the one that i really beside it's it, it, honestly it is that opening act for me that i just like yeah. uh don't really care as much about it really feels like if they were to have split this what ideally mm-hmm and this could happen for time reasons, but, like, ideally it would have been the first one all the way up through until they get to Hogsmeade. Yeah. Right? And then Hogsmeade on, so, like, Hogsmeade through the Battle of Hogwarts being one really long film, right? Yeah. Basically, um, like, The Hobbit and the Battle of Five Armies, but, because, like, it, it feels very much like that, even though that's, like, not a very good movie, it feels very much like, um that whole Green Gods thing should be included with the first movie. Like, it vibes much more with that. It has nothing it really to... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about the movie we're talking about. You said Green Gods. What the hell is a Green God? Green Gods. Green Gods? That's God? the name of the bank. 
The Fang. Jesus Christ. I thought you were referring... I thought that was a Lord of the Rings thing. I thought you were no. talking about, like, a goblin or something like that. No, okay. I'm t- <laughs> No, Gringotts is the name of the bank. I'm okay. saying that that scene feels like it is much more connected to the first movie. Yeah. Which is an, an, uh, fine, because it's, like, tying it in. Yeah. Um, Then it is, like, the battle sequence and, like, everything happening there. Definitely. But... <laughs> I don't know. I get it. And I get why they had to do that. Time reasons, tying it into the last movie. Mm-hmm. Like, literally just trying to make their own plot other than yeah. the battle. Uh-huh. But. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. That's fine. Yeah. I like Luna. She's cool. Mm-hmm. I like Neville a lot in this one. Yeah. Um, I like that scene where he's getting chased by all the Death Eaters and he's blowing up the bridge. Yeah. Um, and... Uh... <laughs> I really like the scene with the profess the lady old lady professor where she's like taking charge and kicks Snape out. Yeah. But and I but I what the I like the old lady McGonagall. McGonagall. Right I don't remember. The old lady. Give her some respect. What would you call her if you didn't know her name? Um, I would call her Maggie Smith. Okay, that's Okay, that's just unfair. <laughs> you think I'm gonna know the actress's name before the yeah, damn character? Yeah, she's a gem of our time. Jesus. Okay. Oh my god. Anyways. You don't know who me. What? What has she been in? What? Why would I know? Everything, her? Bryce. <laughs> she's in everything. Okay, I'm gonna look this up later, and uh, we'll see if I'm wrong or not. We'll come back to this. Um, but I like that line where she's like, "I always wanted to do that." <laughs> yeah, she's so cool. Um. And I think, like, lines like that in this movie just, like, really are, like, the satisfaction that I needed. Like, I think there is a cut of this movie where it's just the straightforward, where, like, they beat Voldemort. But I feel like this one, they really honed in on making every character have, like, somewhat of a uh, conclusive arc to whatever little screen time they had, which is super impressive. And that's I really what the goal of this book was, I feel like. like yeah. It, it, and, I mean, really, and that goes along with part one, is, like, really finishing off the arc of every character and how that plays into the story of Voldemort and the Wizarding World. Um, which is cray-cray. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, but, like, as we've just been talking about, like, there's so much more they could have done with every single character. And so it's crazy for us to be, like they absolutely touched on everyone but there's still more they could have done that's crazy so like i feel guilty asking for more like there's no reason they should give me more <laughs> but right, right 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 you know they did what they could do mm-hmm. yeah i don't know that's crazy the only character that i don't know if i like the way that they ended off on was draco uh right yeah. I don't know um, if that is more... I mean, you haven't read the book, so I'm not going to ask you that, but... Yeah, I, I think he... In the books, I think he runs and joins the other side. But, like, this one, he was so hesitant about it. Like, I didn't remember him joining the other side. I thought he was going to He be... doesn't. He doesn't join the other side. He leaves in the well, movie. Well, yeah, but he doesn't exactly... I thought he was hesitant about even, like, going to leave, too. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, yeah. I, you're, I see what you're saying. He in the in the book. This is a there's a deleted scene where this happens. You can look it up, and I think this happens in the book, but I could be wrong since I didn't read it. Okay. Um, that he, as soon as Harry, like is like alive, uh huh, he throws Harry his his wand, 
Okay. Because remember, he's re- regained control over Draco's wand then. Mm-hmm. And then when they think he's dead, they give it back to Draco. Sure, 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 yeah. And so he throws Potter, he goes, Potter, and throws his, throws him his wand and then runs across and joins the... That would have been so much cooler. Yeah, and there's a, there's a deleted scene. They filmed it. Tom Felton did it so without you, direction. Why would they... I don't know. I don't... I think... I don't know. I don't know if it's in the book. I think it is. I would imagine it makes it more sense be. than it yeah. isn't. But Tom Felton did it, and in, in the and there's a shot of it. You can go find it online. Yeah, right, right, right. That's crazy. Which is such a better ending to his character. But yeah, because like not only does him leaving just feel like like I, that I'm missing something from his character, but it just also it just feels like. Is that really the last time we're going to see Draco Malfoy? He's right there. Like, that's what we're ending off on with him? That's yeah. Just... It's a waste, I agree. And, it, I mean, like, I get it. It's like they know then, because then Lucius goes to Azkaban, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, after the war. <laughs> um, they go, hi, um, you are going to jail for being a Death Eater and trying to kill people and actually killing people. So they send him to jail. And then Nerissa, Nerissa Salazar, and um, Draco don't go to jail. Hmm. And there's lots more. I also own the book of the play, the um, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Is that play um, any good? Because I've been hearing about it a lot on TikTok or whatever I don't recently. know, Bryce. I'm really conflicted because like, when, when it first came out, it was a huge deal, right? And mm-hmm. everyone like fawned over it. I bought the book, still haven't read it, because um, I don't want it I, i've heard a lot of people saying that because it's just jk rowling you know it's kind of hard to accept it as canon um particularly because of her in recent events and stuff and how much of like a like like uh, basically after she wrote those the seventh book um she became a lot more like intentional and open with like some of her bigoted views and shit and people are a lot mis- a lot less willing to take her what she says is canon into account um gotcha so like she tweeted that Dumbledore is gay but she like won't put that into any canon including ones that are currently being produced you know and she's she's very transphobic and like so a lot of the stuff that she says is canon doesn't seem like it should like be. it's a, yeah yeah like it should be or that it's in good intent and so in a in a means of a lot of the queer people and black people and people of minorities that she's trying to erase basically out of these movies that have um really seen themselves in harry potter and like this group and found like a home in this group um are sort of like reclaiming the series in the sense and in, in the world in the sense that they're not accepting anything she says anymore. So the majority of people I've heard just disregard the, the play now. Um, mm-hmm. Just because it's it's the way that they portray like Harry and, and Draco and everyone's relationships and stuff isn't how they want it to be done. Um, so it's debatable, I guess. Technically, yeah, canon and fine. And... I can't speak to whether it's good or not. <laughs> I know a little bit about what happens, but not a yeah. ton. And okay. I'm just, like, a little scared to read it, to be honest. Um, Fair enough. But I have it, so I can let you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds fair enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Back, going back to the movie, though, I, oddly enough, I really enjoy this one. 
But, like, I have very little to say about it at the same time. Yeah. But... To be honest, this one and the first one just blend together so much. Like, it, my brain, it has a hard time separating them. Really? Two movies. Yeah, because I only oh, ever oh, watched you meant, them okay, together. You meant, you meant the first part oh, one. Oh, part one. Part I was one. like, I Sorry. Was like, what does this have to do with no, Philosopher's no. Stone? Okay, I gotcha. No. I gotcha. This one and part one very much blend together in the sense that, like, I have a hard time separating them into two movies. And then I also then have a hard time remembering any of it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And usually, like, if it's in a watch, like, by the time I get to these two, I'm so exhausted from watching the rest. Yeah. Or watching literally any before. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And yeah. I feel like that's how most people watch them, too. Sure. So, um, it's hard to remember what happens. <laughs> how do you think they handled a uh, Snape scene? Or the, the, the reveal? Um, I liked it. I... I have seen that scene so many times. Mm. I personally don't think that it's any of that is enough to redeem Snape um, okay. at all for anything because he's still like abused children. And, mm-hmm. you know, I see a lot of people saying like if Harry was a girl, you know, and had red hair like her mom mm-hmm. and her dad's eyes, that Snape would have absolutely been like super cre- creepy and predatory. Um, yeah. that's just how he is. And so, I mean, like, I... Okay. I mean, I don't know why people... Why Why is that a co- topic of conversation? Just... Because it's, like, this weird thing that just because he... Like, the, his redemption arc is essentially because he loved Harry's mother. Right? That's, like, his redeeming quality. And because he, Harry's similar to his father, he... He resents him? Re, yeah, is that, is that what it no, is? No, no, no. No, no. Listen, what I'm saying is that... that's not enough of a redeeming quality for all of the harm that he's caused to all the other people. Okay. And that Snape is Harold is kind of like this redemption figure and even like Harry names his kids after him. Mm -hmm. Um, But Snape was still very much a Death Eater up until the point of Lily being threatened. Um, He loved Lily from afar in a very creepy way. Like Lily never reciprocated those feelings towards him. They were just friends. And then um, he was like very like racist against muggleborns and like did a lot of stuff that would have definitely made lily not like him and so for that to be a redeeming quality is just kind of really creepy yeah yeah a little bit a lot of it he's gross (laughs) (laughs) so and i don't know and so yeah i don't know i don't necessarily like that they don't ever touch on that and they just kind of really make it out to be like oh well he loved her so yeah that means that because he's a jackass, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I think I like the scene, but, like, if you, th- I think it's one of those things where it's, like, I like the scene, but if I were to stop and think about it like I'm doing now, it kind of sours it. Ruins it ruins it, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's because they don't want you to think about that. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I know why. You know? <laughs> yeah, and they're, like, trying to normalize that, and that's yeah. not cool. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Whatever. It's, so it just makes me feel gross to watch that scene, to be honest, but... It's funny. <laughs> oh, he's just like a predator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, and then I think one last thing I want to bring up is that when a Harry sacrifices himself and, like, we cut back to Voldemort reacting to it and whatever, and he asks that late, uh, Draco's mom, I think, if he's, yeah. if he's actually dead, and he's clearly moving... And yeah. he says that he's dead. It's like, I don't really get how that they let that slide. Yeah, it's. I think it's done differently 
a little bit differently in the book, literally in the sense that, like, he doesn't fucking shake his head. Like, <laughs> like I'm pretty, I think it's goes like, yeah, you know, like, the fact that he goes, like, what the fuck, Harry? Like, his head's just like, like, <laughs> moving his head, dude. <laughs> well, his eyes are twitching, too. Like, his whole face yeah, is twitching. Like, yeah, yeah. I, and that's not, I think that was just a bad version of this sure thing. just I don't think not a not very how well. it would have gone down yeah okay gotcha because and then, that, that's a mind and then the other mind. thing is that when they bring harry back to hogwarts to to tell everyone that he's dead um when neville gives that speech and he just pulls a sword out of the hat yeah and then harry's just fine i don't know why that just felt so weird to me like I don't get how that works. Like, is that... About how what works? Like, why was Harry allowed to be alive then? <laughs> um, okay, do you want me to explain it to you? Yeah, I mean... Okay, If it's so, within a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so essentially what happens is, right, so Voldemort kills him, and he goes into, like, this limbo. Space, yes, yes. Right, this crossroads that looks like King's Crossing, um, where... And then you can see Voldemort like is also about to die, you know, and so he, or or live, and he's at the crossing point as well. And so, um, essentially, what it is is like there are there are two trains of thought for this. One is that get in trains. Yeah, one two King's Crossing <laughs> trains of thoughts. Um, one is that Harry's the part of Harry that was killed by the curse was the um, the Horcrux and just the Horcrux. And that Harry um, is allowed to live because the Horcrux died, not him. Um, the other and more popular and technically not ever like verified train of thought is that, um, do you remember when, like right before he goes into the woods and his family's all there talking to him, mm-hmm. um, he opens his hand and he has the stone? Yeah. Do you know what that is? The redemption, the the this yes I do. I, what's the name of it again? The um, resurrection. Re- the stone. resurrection stone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the sorcerer's stone. Um, oh really? You know, it looks completely fucking different. Okay, yeah. I didn't know um, that. That's funny. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, because it's like what allows him to live. Um, that could be wrong, but I think that's right. Um, <laughs> Not canon. <laughs> no, I don't really. It's the resurrection stone. We'll just go with that. Okay. Um, from the stories. Um, and there's, like, this parallel between the cloak, the Elder Wand, and the resurrection stone um, corresponding with Harry Potter, Voldemort, and um, Dumbledore that I won't get in- into. Because um, mm-hmm. it was, like, the stone was Voldemort's, the, um, the cloak was Harry's, and the wand was Dumbledore's. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it like has to do with like their arcs and that Dumbledore is, is death from the story. Yeah. Um, and that Harry's able to evade him by wearing the cloak kind of thing. Anyway, it's the resurrection stone in the movie. I think he drops it on the ground, which is weird, but, um, the thought is that he has it in his hand when he gets shot. Mm-hmm. And so because he had the stone, then, um, the prophecy that only only one can will live while the other survives. Yeah. Um, is the concept that 
Voldemort can die. Like, one can die, and then the other can't. Does that make sense? Because whoever dies will get all three objects. Okay. And so, in... It's like, the, the idea is that in him being able to be resurrected in order to kill Voldemort, because only one of them can live, he's giving up the only thing that would ever be, like, his true happiness, which was in the mirror that he saw, which is to be with his family, mm-hmm. and to be with his loved ones that all died. Yeah. Um, and so by giving up death, essentially, he's um, giving up everything he loves for the sake of the wizarding world. Mm-hmm. And so it's like... Um, he's fulfilling the prophecy in that he is choosing to like give up death. Okay. I think so I... he's able to come back either because the Horcrux died and not him or because he resurrected himself. Gotcha. Those okay. are the two ideas and it's not really clear. Uh, it's kind of like implied that like well and obviously the Horcrux is dead either way. Uh-huh. Yeah, right, right for sure. But, okay. Um... Nice. Does that make more sense? I think so. Okay. I, think I know so. it's it doesn't make a ton of sense. It's not very clear. Mm-hmm. But those are the ideas behind it. <laughs> and it's even more vague in the movie. So if I read the book, I could probably tell you a little bit more. Sure. Maybe I will. Just just to... just, just for my sake. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come to, ba- we'll uh, come back to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, are we missing any big ones? Uh, big. Okay. Uh, then what is your number one? Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. <laughs> Whoa! What is yours? <laughs> Mine is Chamber of Secrets. That's crazy. so crazy. Oh my god. I love both of them. They're both so good. Uh-huh. I can't say and the like same. <laughs> if I had to sit and watch Sorcerer's Stone or Chamber of Secrets, I would probably pick Chamber of Secrets. I just yeah. felt like I had to rank Sorcerer's Stone higher. But I love both of them, and I think... Um, Half-Blood Prince is my favorite and I don't know why but it's always like my go-to to watch I'm always like I have to like if I'm ever I will just stay and watch that movie and I don't know why like objectively not that good but I will stay and watch it all the time that's funny so I love that movie <laughs> <laughs> my mom always complains because she says that she always walks in when Katie like the, the girl's up in the air in the snow <laughs> and Amy's like with the necklace Mm-hmm. She hates that scene and she always walks in on it. It's super <laughs> funny. That is funny. So she, whenever she thinks of Harry Potter, she thinks of that scene because that's <laughs> the only movie I watch. <laughs> um, alrighty. Well, now that we have all of our, we walked through it all. Do you want to quickly give your uh, eight through one one more time? Oh gosh. As a recap, right, I'll do mine first. Um, okay. So. Going from eight to one, I have the Half Blood Prince, uh, Deathly Hallows Part One, the Goblet of Fire, Prisoner of Azkaban, Order of the Phoenix, Philosopher's Stone, Deathly Hallows Part Two, and then the Chamber of Secrets. Awesome. Okay, <laughs> my eight to one is the Chamber of Secrets, <laughs> Sorcerer's Stone, Goblet of Fire, Order of the Phoenix, Deathly Hallows Part One, Prisoner of Azkaban, Deathly Hallows Part Two. And then Half Blood Prince. Nice. Okie dokie. <laughs> um, well, I think I said literally anything and everything I could possibly make up about Harry yeah. Potter. Um, so, Carly, where can they find you? You can find me um, at Carly.Bauer 
um, over on Instagram or at my new apartment probably Ooh, soon. That's so exciting. That's so exciting. Yeah. Next time we talk, I will wow. probably not be in this room anymore. Say goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce, where can I find you? Uh, you can find me peeing my brains out because I've had to pee for the past two hours or on Instagram <laughs> at Bryce Kelly Howe. Wow. Uh, and with all of that said. There is no end scene. You should just go home probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs>